0: This episode is going to be very paranormal heavy. Let's start at the beginning. I remember one time when I was younger, I was sitting in my room drawing. As usual, I heard my mother call my name. I immediately got up and went to the living room to see where she was and what she needed. I looked around and couldn't find her. I looked out the back patio door, which was a large glass patio door common at the houses at the time. I slid it open and, as usual, it made a very loud noise. Creaking noise. a sort of a type of thing. That's just what the doors did because, well, they were old and this house was built in the 80s sometime. I saw my mom in the back gardening. I walked up to her and said, Hey, mom, what you need? Of course, she looked back at me and said, I didn't call you. She didn't need me for anything, so I just shrugged it off and went back to my room and went back to my drawing, of course. Now, looking back, there was really no way that I could have heard my mom's voice. I heard it as though she was calling me from the living room. But when I, as I said, when I was closing that door, looking back on it now, I have to think, how could she have... Now, I know what you're thinking. Maybe your mom was just pulling a prank on you. Mom was always good at pulling pranks. And she was queen of the jump scares. Absolutely. But I will say this. How could she have opened the door as I said, with the loud creak, and then called my name and then closed it without me noticing, because honestly, I didn't hear the loud creaking door sliding open. So now I ask, how could she have opened it and then closed it without my knowledge, without me knowing, now that I think back on it? My name is Chris, and I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of the Conspire A Theory Podcast, My Personal Paranormal Experiences. It wasn't unusual for me to hear these voices from time to time, my mother calling me from the other room. Most of the time, when on my research, I would find out that this is either referred to as clairauditory phenomenon or simply an auditory hallucination. The research that I've turned up with so far has been very limited. It's either written off as um, schizophrenia, severe manic depression, or psychosis, oftentimes synaptic misfirings in the brain. For me, it always happened at home, in my room when I was drawing. The voice is clear, and it was clearly my mother's. Now, whether or not I was actually suffering from any psychosis at the issues, mm, I tend to think not. Now, I do understand upon further research into the paranormal phenomenon that there are such things as paranormal, or should I say poltergeist agents, where I was around that perfect age to be a poltergeist agent. Usually youngsters around uh, 15 or 16 or just in the budding adolescence can usually have paranormal phenomena happen to them. For me on that other hand I really don't think I was a candidate for that on the account that most of those people who it does happen to usually don't have hobbies or, or anything to channel that energy into. I of course had my drawing. To my knowledge my house wasn't haunted. At least a childhood home. I don't remember having any other paranormal experiences happening in there. Whenever I would tell my mom about it. Which this happened to me about maybe three or four times. She would just write it off as. That's your guardian angel. That was pretty much her explanation. For anything that would happen to be out of the ordinary. She did it just as a means of not freaking me out. Now I do have to point out. There was no escalation. There was nothing else that was happening, like no bumps in the night, no noises, no coffee cups or knives flying about, nothing else that regarded a haunting. Whenever I'd hear the voice, it was always just my mother just calling my name, but there was no urgency to it. It was a summons, but not a drastic summons. It was never, you know, Chris, the house is on fire. It was more like, Chris, I need help getting something off the top shelf. My mom was short, so I had to do that quite often, so it was unusual for me to to hear her call my name, and I, of course, have to show up and grab those can of beans off the top shelf so that we could have dinner for the night. I remember one time my mother told me about the time that she saw a glowing figure outside of my bedroom door. This was about the time, again, in the same house, where I and my brother were sleeping in the same bedroom. I was about four years old and my brother ate at the time. My mom was getting up late at night for a glass of water or something when she opened the door. She saw out in the hallway a glowing figure standing outside of our door. She was surprised suddenly to see someone there, but she didn't feel scared. As soon as she noticed the figure, it vanished. It was just like a normal figure, a normal body. No legs or the legs faded below the knees, from what I can remember her telling me. It was just a sort of, just a figure that was just there. As of to what it was, or or if anything else happened, since there was really nothing else that occurred other than just her seeing it, it vanishing, and that's it. My mother's explanation when I asked her about it, again, she just said it was our guardian angel. Now, there's been a few times that I myself have had sleep paralysis. Now, I've done a lot of research into sleep paralysis and I'll be honest, I believe it can account for a lot of the alien abduction experiences as well as the shadow men and as well as other paranormal phenomenon. But of course, it's not a catch-all for anything out of the ordinary. Of course not. There was this time where I was having an episode. I had done research previously and I knew what a sleep paralysis episode was. This was probably in my, I want to say, uh, late 20s, early 30s. I was in my bed, lucid dreaming at the time. I just remember looking around, and I was seeing a sort of a forest from my bed along the outside of the outskirts. There was this forest with, as far as I can tell in my mind, I knew that I was in the middle of a Civil War battlefield. It's kind of weird, right? I was looking around and I could see, you know, again, I could only see from what I could see from my eyes looking around. My head was just completely stuck, and my body was stiff. And, of course, there was the onset of panic, but somehow I was in this bed, magically in the middle of this Civil War battlefield. At least that's what my mind told me. As I looked around, as best I could, I could turn my head up just a tiny bit. I saw a figure, a female figure, mm. Lightly dressed in a sort of underslip, a white skirt, so to speak. Standing at my left bedside, just sort of somewhat down the way and facing away from me. I could see she had sort of long brown hair going down her back. I could not see anything else. You know, I could not see her face features. She was facing away from me. But I knew she had to be, at least in my mind, and this could have been the lucid dreaming. Some sort of um, Civil War, Confederate Union maiden of some kind. I really don't know. I never found out in a bit of desperation, I moved my hand as as hard as I could just to reach out and grab her. Now, this is going to sound funny, and yeah it 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 yeah, it totally is. I'll own up to it. I reached out as hard as I could with with all the force that I could muster into my hand, and I reached out and i uh, I grabbed her butt. Yeah, yeah, I goosed the ghost. Now, uh, yeah, this is kind of embarrassing. But honestly, (laughs) it's kind of funny as well. I mean, seriously, that's what all was within my range. That's all I could go for, so I grabbed her, her rear end, and I squeezed as tightly as I could. And as I did, I could feel myself slowly come out of the lucid dream. Everything started to fade. And then the next thing you know, I find out I'm just holding on with a desk grip to the corner of my mattress. I really can't put much credence into this sleep paralysis episode other than just saying, okay, so I had a weird experience and that was that. I don't even know if I can even call this paranormal, but it was just something weird and something odd that I felt really was just a good story. After all, no one can really say, hey, I grabbed a ghost's butt. Ha <laughs> uh, Yeah. I can recall two other accounts of sleep paralysis. At least ones where I've had home invaders. But again, like my Civil War uh, maiden, these are kind of unusual. It would be oftentimes during the daylight. Again, be frozen in my bed, paralyzing fear coming over me because, well, that's just that just comes with the territory. And then I would, the door would slowly open. As I would look on the corner, I would see people come into my room. Now, these weren't shadow beasts or hat men or shadow men at all. Instead, what I saw of these intruders were, well, they look like, uh, how can I put this? They look like white trash. And when I say right trash, I mean, you know, people of Walmart type of white trash, disheveled, uh, honky redneck looking people, you know, just ugh. and they will come into my room, go through my things, looking back to me to see if I'm doing anything or if I'm moving and then leave. When I got up, nothing was missing. Nothing was rummaged through. It was just my mind playing a trick on me. And it was quite kind of disturbing at the time. But later on. You know, being frozen in your bed and having someone in your room going through your stuff, it's rather unsettling. I've gotten over it. And since I kind of knew what I was going through, I guess, I guess that's kind of what, what my mind, or at least my subconscious placed in there. Cause who knows if I didn't know as much as I did, would I have seen aliens? Would I have seen ghosts? Would I have seen monsters? Heck, I've even heard Bigfoot. From time to time, coming into people's sleep paralysis episodes. Just a few years ago, I moved into a new apartment. One a bit more spacious, so I have room to hang all my Captain America. Thanks. For the first few, I'd say for about the first few days, I kind of felt I wasn't alone. I felt a sort of presence about the apartment. Not really anything threatening. Not anything malicious. Just sort of felt like, hey, there's someone else here. I wouldn't say that the place was haunted, or along the lines of, I just felt, eh, like there was a little bit extra. I would catch glimpses out of the corner of my eye of someone walking down one of the halls. It was sort of a dark figure, something with the, I would say, like a more of a complete absence of light, like a nice clean outline. I got the feeling that it was a younger girl, someone with... Her hair sort of just flailed all over the place like tentacles, uh, kind of like a snake's, or kind of like you imagine the cartoon drawings of the Medusas with all the snakes flailing about. That's kind of the impression that I got was sort of a young girl just walking down one of my hallways. I would often catch this out of the corner of my eye every now and then. When I was working on stuff or working on my art, I really wouldn't say I ever felt threatened, surprised, or scared. It was just something there. After a while, I kind of got used to it. And the funny thing is, the presence pretty much left just as soon as I acknowledged it, which is a weird thing. Maybe it was a ghost or some kind of a presence, something that was just passing through. It didn't stick around. But then again, I'm not the best roommate. Maybe this ghost just simply got tired of watching me watching cartoons all day and all night. But whatever it is, I would say the experience wasn't unsettling it's just kind of nice and i suppose friendly <laughs> i remember going with a local ghost hunting group to the black swan inn now the black swan inn is very famous for ghost hunting if you've got the coin you can set up with any local investigating group do your own investigation it's pretty interesting the group i went with was well a motley crew of eccentrics it was sort of like a large group of 20 plus people As they're giving the tour, there's always that one or two, you know, big psychic fat guy who's like, oh, I can see ghosts and everything. And as the woman is giving the tour, he, of course, loudly blurts out, oh, you mean the old man standing in the room? I'm rolling my eyes thinking, ah, geez, dude, let her finish. Because they will give you a tour and pretty much kind of front load you as far as everything that you're supposed to find there. It was interesting. I didn't see or experience anything. It was funny. The Black Swan Inn is a creepy place, and having it all to yourself, well, all to yourself plus 20 people, with flashlights running around investigating, pointing uh, tools and thermometers at every single corner, it's interesting is all I can say so far. And it's fascinating, so I can't roll it off as a complete loss because the place does have some history, and it is very interesting. And well put together. And let's be honest, it was just right down the street. So I really didn't have to drive that far. There was a time where I attended a paranormal con in downtown San Antonio. It was fascinating. I loved talking to the people, but also it had an entry fee of $100 per ticket. That sounds quite outrageous. Luckily, my friend Eduardo Solis of Con Talk Podcast was able to get me and himself a press pass. So that way we didn't have to pay. And honestly, looking back, if I had to pay, I probably would not have because I kind of felt like it just wasn't quite worth it. But the people there were still good people and everybody was kind of grabby and desperate because let's be honest, there were only like a couple. I'd say it was probably one of those events where there was more vendors than people showing up. If anyone stopped by their table, they were desperate for a sale. And I totally understand it. But with that, I saw many fascinating presentations. I actually picked up a couple books and I kind of felt it, it was a good win. You know, not a complete, but it was a positive experience for me. I'll say that much. That's the kindest thing I can say so far. There was a time in the downtown San Antonio missions, which is a basically a large church like structure in the middle of downtown a couple blocks away from the Alamo. I was attending a steampunk event with a couple of friends and let's just say any kind of steampunk you go to in the middle of the night you're gonna be loaded (laughs) and boy was I loaded. Me and a couple friends were sitting outside the mansions, drunk as heck babbling like idiots do when a ghost hunting group a ghost walk tour stopped by. I of course said to my friends hey (laughs) Let's pretend we're ghosts. (laughs) And of course, we came up with all these personalities like, I'm the ghost of Davy Crockett. I'm the ghost of, what did I call myself? Thomas Edison Tulsa. And we were just a bunch of drunk people. Hey, we could have been ghosts. But that was just, you know, again, me just being a doofus and just having fun with the locals as they were popping through or the tourists as they were popping through. It was a good, fun experience, and the people were coming through, and I think they were genuinely entertained by seeing a bunch of steam drunks just pretending to be ghosts, acting as if, Ooh, you can't see me. I'm invisible. And I'm pretty sure that added a bit of flavor (laughs) to what they did or probably didn't see for the rest of the night. I will say something. A few years ago, when all this paranormal stuff was starting to set fire and everybody and their mom had a sort of a club, a group, a thing, and everybody was clamoring for a show. I remember one time going through the hotels of downtown San Antonio and looking through the flyers. I was kind of a bit, you know, disturbed because I picked up one flyer and it was advertising for a ghost hunting group. And then the flyer next to it was pretty much just denouncing the ghost hunting group that the previous flyer I had just looked at. And it was basically, you know, oh, come on, really, guys? Is this what it has come down to? Come on. But again, that's just how things were. And that's sort of the climate that we are in now, where paranormal encounters, paranormal anything. There are a lot of people that are in it for a quick buck. And a lot of people, you know, just want to figure out what the heck is going on. And a lot of people are just, well, looking for something to do. So it's not unusual that there's going to be a bit of clamoring, especially when people have free time and disposable income to spend on the phenomena. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm Chris Holm, and this is Conspire a Theory Podcast. This podcast is a personal project of myself. I'm very interested in the paranormal. This episode was very paranormal heavy. I'll be sure to give you a bit of a warning. Before each episode, I will be encompassing more than just the paranormal in these episodes. I will be covering subjects such as paranormal phenomena, the furry fandom, hot topics, you know, social issues, anything fun that I enjoy talking about. So I understand looking back on this, if you go through all these episodes, you may not always find the paranormal ones all grouped together or you may come for like either fandom stuff or listening to what i think about the latest superhero movie and you're going to find a bunch of other stuff i'll be sure to clearly mark each episode so that way nobody gets their streams crossed i really don't intend any episode to have an expiration date so you can come back and listen to any of the episodes at any time you might remember me from other podcasts such as the original gamer podcast which was a video game podcast by Oscar Gonzalez, who is now a part of Geeks of New York podcast. I recommend checking it out if you're into video game stuff and the occasional social issues hitting the news every now and then. I was also a part-time con talk co-host, uh, with Ed Solis. You can find con talk, which is a review of conventions and con culture. You can find that on your YouTube channel. Just search con talk with Ed Solis in some of the past episodes where I was sort of Ed's hatchet man. <laughs> Basically, I was the, I was the mean guy who would come in and, you know, tell it like it is and lay it down flat. Whenever I'm done with a topic, there's always a chance that more may come up. Like, let's say, for example, I review a book or I talk about a specific phenomenon. And then later on, there may be new information or maybe I discuss a book and then the author decides, hey, you know, I can talk to you about this subject further. I have no problem revisiting old episodes or revisiting old topics and discussing stuff again. So don't be surprised if there's more than one episode on a specific topic. I'll be sure to try to keep stuff fresh. Now, what I'm not going to usually do on this podcast is usually stuff like um comic reviews. I may review a few comics or talk about comic books in general. But I really don't want this to be a place to, you know, to be like a community calendar to promote events or unless it's related to the upcoming topic, or the author, or special guest. This also isn't the place for TV show reviews. I may review a few shows, but not the stuff that everybody's already doing. So if you're coming for The Walking Dead, or the CW stuff, like Arrow, Flash, whatever, eh, you're probably not going to find anything here. Sorry, but there's more than enough already catering to that audience. I'm not against it, it's just... Not my thing, unfortunately. I want to again thank you for listening. And if you have any uh, topics that you would like for me to cover or anything that you'd like to add, I'll be sure to provide an email on which you can contact me pertaining specifically to the show. To email the show, write to conspire a theory, all one word, conspire a theory at com. Music provided by Killer. Find her at soundcloud.com backslash Kira if you want to find me around the internet and maybe commission me for some artwork, a few good places to find me would be at DeviantArt. You could find me there at chrisholm.deviantart.com. That's chris c h r i s h o dot l m .deviantart.com. Dot I can also be found on Tumblr at psychris.tumblr.com. That's p s y - c h r i s Dot .tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R, dot .com. I can also be found on Fur Affinity. You can find me on net slash user slash psychris P-S-Y-C-H-R-I-S backslash. If you'd like to connect with me on Facebook, I'm available at Facebook backslash Chris Home Comics. You can also find me on Twitter at Psycho Be sure to find me, check out some of my art, and... If you'd like, tell me some of your stories.